Good afternoon and welcome. It is the Road Trip Show once again. And Didrak is back and we're going to continue last week's discussion where he had uh, how many coaches? Two coaches. Two coaches, 80 passengers. Yeah, that's the one. Nice, nice, nice big group. I love those big groups. Those big groups are a lot of fun. Yeah. Where did we end off? We went we'd, through St. Yeah, Lucia. Yeah, we started up in Cape Town. We'd done a bit of the Cape Town bit. We'd um, done, flown into Durban. Durban, we'd done Sani Pass. From Sani Pass, we'd left and gone up through Zululand into St. Lucia. And uh, we'd been thinking about it this last this last week. A couple of sort of the... the Obviously, the highlights that a lot of the stuff is still up and up and running. Cape Town is still stunning. Table Mountain was awesome. The negatives are just the prices. I'm always going to moan yeah. about prices. A <laughs> lot of guys are putting up prices to stupid levels. Yeah. One I forgot to mention: eighty-five rand for a beer in a hotel. Oh wow! Eighty-five rand Amen. for a draft beer in a hotel. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they, no wonder the bar's empty. Everyone goes across the road into the into the normal restaurants. Yeah. You know. Um, Boat trip double double in price from two years ago. No, no, just no. That's that, that, that that's that's uh, almost crookery. Ridiculous. But you know, but again, a lot of the guys have survived, and that's the positive. They've survived. They've made a plan. Restaurants are still cooking. I mean, we spoke about the little pizzeria guy in St. Lucia. Kept his restaurant, but he says, you know, he's lost everything and he's starting again. At 58 years old, he's starting again. All his yeah. savings, everything, pension funds, everything was gone. But he's up and operating. And people like that are inspiring because you know that they can see that business is coming back. They have enough confidence to stay there and go, guys, I'm going to make it back. It's coming. Yeah. And I think all of us in tourism realize it's going to come. And I don't know, my, my gut feel is that I think it's going to come a lot sooner than we expect. I think worldwide people are going to start traveling. Yeah. yeah. Um, very, very interesting one. Delta Airlines has just, just been given the route. I think it's Cape Town, Joburg, Atlanta, Triangle yes. route. Has just been awarded to Delta Airlines, which is fantastic. Awesome, you know. So all of that stuff, all of that stuff is coming back again. But I think, honestly, I've been in tourism what 30, 30 odd years in, in in tourism and guiding and safaris and overland trips and coach tours and stuff. Yeah, we have got to be so careful of our pricing structures. You know, eighty five yeah. rand for a beer. I had one beer, and yeah. that was it, boy. That bar didn't see me again. <laughs> yeah. And it's in the hotel, you know, they've got a captive audience. I don't want to walk out of the hotel down the street to find something else. Yes, yeah. But if I can get my beers at twelve or fifteen bucks somewhere else, whatever it is, or twenty bucks. Yeah. You know, instead of eighty five, that just makes no sense. Yeah. And if you look at uh, at last week with Easter weekend, how many people uh, went down to Durban? Uh, even though it was a disaster zone, yeah. people s- still went because uh, for the past few years they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't go anywhere, so they took a chance. Yeah. No, people have had enough. They want to get out. They want to get away. But yeah, we if if we go back to the coach tour, two coaches, eighty passengers, eighty passengers out of the US had been waiting two years to do this trip. Yeah. yeah. And uh, some of the more entertaining stuff started happening now as we as we hit this last part of the trip. So we, we we you know we had the boat trip and stuff in St Lucia. The good news is the last week we chatted about the estuary being closed. Yes. It got opened with the floods. Oh. That rain and those floods scoured that whole estuary, estuary mouth open again, and now, now it's starting to flow. So hopefully the water flow into St. Lucia has actually scoured that thing deep enough yeah. that a couple of years of silt buildup that has been happening um, has actually been taken out of there. Yeah. So maybe maybe someone actually starts waking up. Maybe they actually start dredging it and get, getting rid of that silt buildup to bring back that yeah. flow. Just plant some dynamite sticks in there. <laughs> I think that might just get into a bit of trouble. <laughs> yeah, Park, Parksport, so, yeah. Parksport takes a little bit of a dim view of dynamiting the natural resources. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't disagree with the sentiment, but I think you might just really get into a couple of roadblocks there. <laughs> but yeah, so out of St. Lucia, you're now traveling up up through into Eswatini, Swaziland. Swaziland renamed itself a little while ago. Ah, yeah. And uh, you come in. Past uh, the what used to be called the, the you come in past the Pongolapur Dam, old Jazini Dam, yeah. and we get to the border post there. And it was actually amazing because normally that border post is pumping. There's trucks lined up and there's a whole lot of passenger cars and stuff. We were the only people in that border post. One or two lonely trucks were, were idling away, but those were more than likely the guys okay. with a couple of problems with their paperwork. Yeah, and it's um, the first time in my life I've been welcomed. To a border post by a border official. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a lovely guy there who I think has now been promoted to chief in charge of the South African border post there. Okay. And he actually stood there and he said, it is so good to see you guys back again. Welcome, welcome. Let me see how I can make this go as fast as possible for you guys. Wow, isn't that awesome? From a South African border post, that's not what yeah. you kind of expect. No. <laughs> but that was, that was fantastic. But... Um, a couple of weeks beforehand in the pre- preparation for this tour, obviously everyone is in COVID, COVID mode, trying to find yeah. out who, what, where, what to do, what test to have. Cape Town, we had to have a whole gaggle of tests or tests done in the hotel, PCR tests so we can get in and out of Lesotho. Good little yeah. money-making scheme. I think we paid 1,400 Rand per test for 80, for 80 people to get in and out of Lesotho. That's and Swaziland, I was digging around trying to find the, the rules and regulations for Swaziland. It was, it was very vague. And eventually I get hold of um, the Swaziland High Commission in Pretoria. I send them an email and I say, listen, guys, I'm probably the first big coach that's coming in again after a long time. What do I do to have a painless entry in and out of Swaziland? I'm there for one night. I'm going in. I'm sleeping just outside in Baban. Next day I'm out back into Kruger. Yeah. And they don't bother emailing. They phone me. They actually phone me. Okay. I I speak (laughs) to... Whatever high up official lady, lovely friendly lady from 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 Eswatini, and she says to me, "Are you coming back with the tourists?" I said, "I'm coming back with the tourists." I said, "This is 80 packs. I've been waiting for two years." She says, "Wow, we haven't had that for a long time." So I say, "What do we need?" Yeah. She says, "Okay, officially, officially, you need the test that they arrived in South Africa with, if it's not older than 14 days." I said, "That's not a problem. They arrived like seven days before we hit Swaziland." Yeah. So, so that's fine. So that test from the International America is valid. Plus, we've got this PCR test for Lesotho. Yeah. And she says, it actually doesn't matter. We're not going to turn away 80 passengers into Swaziland. <laughs> <laughs> she said, they'll let you through. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We will let you through. We are not turning you away. You're spending a night in Swaziland. We need the tourists back. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. So, I mean, we... we we get we get to South African border. The guy was super. I mean, we we pumped through there, in record time. Walk across, go to the Swaziland side or the Eswatini side. Yeah, and they they did they did actually check the test. There was one county you walk into, and they check all the papers. And naturally, we've got the one the one or two people that you know are always the trouble people in the group. Yeah. who now have lost their paper or they packed it in their suitcase or uh. they didn't realize it was international border or whatever the reason was. Thank goodness I I had the foresight. To actually have them email it to my phone So I could go yeah. through 85, 80 PCR tests on my phone And show the border official Look there it is There's a little <laughs> QR code thing And everything else Got across the border Fantastic And we go into Eswatini uh, Eswatini, Swaziland I love going into Swaziland it's a, it's, You cross the border It's a different vibe It's calm It's relaxed yeah. It's rustig It's just There's a different feel to it yeah. It is unfortunately a bit slower. The speed limits are a bit slower and they've got crazy speed humps all over the place. <laughs> so you can't really make up much time in Eswatini. Yeah. But again, you know, just to show that they haven't seen coaches like this now for years. We are, and I mean, yeah. the border post confirmed we were the first big group yeah. in two years. Because that is the stock standard route. Everybody goes through that Lava Mesa border post in the southern, southern, south, south um, eastern corner of Swaziland. That's that's your coach tour route. Yeah, yeah. And they confirmed we're the first big group. One or two other groups, 12, 14 people, no other proper coach loads came through. And as we were driving, the people were actually standing on the side of the road waving at us, whistling, waving, oh. shouting, <laughs> welcome, welcome. That's nice. They know, they can see yeah. that this is now where the tourism is a massive, massive income earner for Swaziland. And um, again, we've got, there's one lovely little stop just outside a place called Malkerns in, in, in Eswatini. They've got a little candle factory, a couple of little handicraft shops, a nice little market. It's just one of those nice little sorted yeah. out places. They've got a little restaurant there. And I've been chatting to that restaurant for about three weeks saying, listen, guys, we're bringing 80 packs in. So you, can we pre-order? Because obviously this just makes a lot of sense if they've got 25 hamburgers half done and yeah. 13 chicken salads half done and, you know, all the rest of it. So when the bus arrives, <laughs> yeah. you're not waiting for three hours. When we got in there, and I think they'd actually arranged an entire market day just to welcome us. <laughs> 
Okay. There was a fun fair going. There were horse rides. There were locals. There was parked hundreds, or not hundreds of cars. There were the cars all over the place, and the place was pumping. Nice. They gave little gift bags to myself and the driver and the other guy and the other driver. They were, yeah. you know, they were so pumped to see us in that little market. And we planned like an hour, hour and a half. I think we spent three hours there. Yeah. Because it was just so lacquer. Music <laughs> awesome. was going. There was, you know, and they really put an effort in, and they were just so thankful that we came in there. Yeah. And it was an interesting little exercise because. I helped one gentleman who went into one of these shops and he bought himself a wooden giraffe. Okay. Those wooden giraffes work with the Americans. I don't. You never see the other stuff go, but they love these wooden giraffes. <laughs> and this guy bought like a six foot, one point eight or two meter tall wooden giraffe. Now, mm. obviously, you can't take that back in your hand luggage. Yeah. Well, I've seen it done before. I actually have seen it bubble wrapped with two handles on it, and the guy carried it on, onto the airplane like a like a violin case. Ah. But he needed okay. this thing shipped. <laughs> With shipping and the charge of the giraffe and the whole lot, the guy hauled out a quick four and a half, five thousand rand. Sure. Wow. Now, okay. you know, <laughs> and, and to work out the economic impact of a group of 80 passengers. Yeah. And average spend, everybody had a lunch there. Everybody walked off with a gadget, a little wooden carving or a necklace or a something out of the market, out of the shops. They bought books. They yeah. bought necklaces. They bought candles. They bought all sorts of stuff there. Yeah, you know, you're probably looking at two, three hundred rand per person. Yeah. So you know, a, a quick injection, a quick injection like that. I mean, that, that's that's a nice little income, and you let's work it out. I mean, we do twenty-four, <laughs> yeah. thirty thousand rand, bang. Wow. If not yeah. even more, into yeah. that little community. Yes. For one stop. One and I yeah. think I'm being probably I'm probably on a fifty percent conservative estimate of money spent there. Yeah, yeah. So you can understand the value of seeing these buses and coaches and what damage it did to stop this. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, we, we eventually leave leave the market, and I mean, it, 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 my timing for the day was shot. So one or two other stops that we planned just didn't happen. <laughs> and you sort of wind past the Parliament yeah. Houses and go past King Sabuza's Memorial Park, and it's all interesting stuff. There's there's such beautiful history there and beautiful culture in Eswatini. We go through the capital of Humbaban, and we head out the mountains. Now we're going to stay stay up in a, near a little place called Pig's Peak. Get to the hotel, and I I think they they probably had to dust off the rooms for us because <laughs> it's again it's a lovely hotel, beautifully situated. You stand on the balconies, you got this beautiful view out over these valleys yeah. and stuff. You're up in the highlands of Swaziland or Eswatini. I, I've got to undo 50 years of, of Swaziland in my head and go start calling it Eswatini now. <laughs> and Dinner buffet that night, all very lacquer, all very sorted out. One or two issues, people with the rooms, the air cons don't work, the batteries haven't been replaced in the TV remotes. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff, little mini maintenance <laughs> stuff that you can just see because it hasn't been used for two years. Yeah. The room's been empty. Yes. Anyway, the next morning, now, now we're up, is now getting into Kruger Park Day, we've got another border crossing to go. Kruger Park Day, I try and shower. Turn on the cold <laughs> water, cold water works hundreds. Get to the hot water tap. Hot water tap doesn't want to know anything. Eh? Oh, and I'm no. standing and I'm turning and I'm turning and I'm turning and this tap doesn't want to. Eventually I've got my leather belt out and I make like a like an oil filter removal on a car. You know that little strap thing with the lever on it? Yeah. I make one of those to try and open up this hot water tap. And it was rusted closed. This thing was rusted closed. <laughs> so eventually I had to have a bath that morning, which made me grumpy. I don't like bathing in the morning. Yeah. But again, you know... That room hadn't been used for probably two and a half or three years. No one's bothered to turn the taps on and off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't really do maintenance on it. No, but they, yeah. they, they probably had to let their maintenance staff go. Yeah, most and probably. in a hotel, this is a huge hotel. I don't know, 200 rooms or something. I don't, I don't know, probably even more. Oh, yeah. But there's no way someone's going to go and open every single tap and close every single tap. Yes, yeah. One of the, one of the clients on the tour when I was telling them the stories, he said, "Yeah, one of the hotels he was in. Also, he opened the tap. He had like a minute of rusty water come out. Yeah, yeah. The dirty water had to come through the pipes first before he could actually shower or bath. Yeah. And again, same thing. Just hasn't been used, and that 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 is kind of scary. Imagine you have to go open all that taps, 
it's going to take you at least two weeks. Yeah, I know. And no. then you have to start. You've got to run there. it, and then it's cost, <laughs> and then the, then the geezer's got to heat up again. And, yeah, and, and, so and, and, I think they just... They just left it. They left just left it. it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Here comes a big group. One or two packs had to change rooms again because this didn't work or that didn't work or I don't know, whatever. But, I mean, look, the hotels always get it sorted. Yeah. Then, of course, we're out on the northern side of Swaziland. And I think that was, I think that was the day... Or the, the day after, or the day that Cyril had come along and said, "Hey guys, all this, all this, ninety percent of this nonsense is stopping now." Oh. So I got to that border post, had a long chat to the. There's two ladies standing on the South African side of the of the border post, and from the health department. And I walked up and said, "What do you need?" Said he has he has all the PCR tests, he has everything. If you really really want it, they just said, "No, don't even bother. Just go through. Welcome, <laughs> go. This thing, this it's it's, it's done." Yeah, the Swaziland side as we're leaving as well. The guys couldn't believe it. They they called extra people in. They were grabbing passports. They grabbed twenty passports at a time. Go to the other side of them. Just stamp, 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 stamp. Trying to welcome, <laughs> welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh-huh. And then of course you get to one of my favourite spots, which is Kruger. Yeah. Get onto you know we, we drive through there. Get up to Malalang Gate. We now charter charter a whole lot of open vehicles for the for the next two days. Yeah. And again, you know, you hit it. Yes, the operator managed it. He had all 10 vehicles there, smart, brand new cars, great guides. A lot of guys that I've known for many, many years in yeah. that industry were, were standing there. All of them also, oh, my word, you, uh, look at you, you, you're back, oh, you back, yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. You haven't seen the guy for three years. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> but again, you know, the operator that I charter used to have, I think, seven or eight vehicles. He'd have to charter two or three in. Yeah. This time, I think he's left with two, two, maybe three. The rest are now all sub hires. Yeah, yeah, and it just again shows that impact on that industry. But anyway, the folks yeah. get into get into the open vehicles, and um, myself and my other guide actually joined that day as well. And Kruger Kruger never ever disappoints. Yeah, you know, again, you got the whole day in the park. That we stayed a hotel right on the border of the park, slightly further to the northern side of it. Great hotel. They, they, much like the hotel in Umschlanga, used the time to revamp the rooms. Oh, had a yeah. fantastic room. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful room. Someone's put a lot of thought into it. Nice new plugs next to the... Right next to the bed, you've actually got some plugs. Oh. Most hotels have got a plug on the, the far end of the back end of the bathroom or something, you know, that <laughs> yeah. you just can't reach. <laughs> These guys actually thought about it, realized, look, when I'm sleeping at night, I want to charge my cell phone next to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> actually put, you know, but just a really cool hotel. they got an outside boma. You sit there at night and the fire's going and, you know, it's just a brilliant, yeah, awesome. brilliant venue. So that, that was a really great stay. Next day, the folks had the whole day in the park on the open vehicles again. And again, you know, Kruger never disappoints. The guys come back. They had leopards right next to the car. They had hyenas ripping an impala apart in front of them on the road. Oh, yeah. You know, just brilliant, absolutely brilliant um, game viewing. So that, that's sort of the Kruger Park thing. Off we go. Next day, panorama route. To now come back back to Johannesburg because the next day we're all flying out again. Yeah. Early depart into Graskop. And Graskop normally is humming. There's all little vendors that sell the macadamia nuts. There's all little little stalls oh, yes, and yeah. little They've got a little spot there when you I mean Graskop's not big. You come you come in the main road, you swing a right, you park, you got the pancake shop on the right hand side which is the famous one a couple yeah. of curio shops and on the left hand side you've got the municipal offices and they've used some of the space there to make a little market ah. like a little roller shutter door yes. kind of marketing like a little storage unit oh yeah okay I think 70% of them were closed ouch yeah the rest of them ladies were standing there the gentlemen were standing there so happy again and I was chatting to them and said wow I said these other guys I said they're out of business they're gone yeah. Nothing for two years, nothing for three years. We, I said, well, you're lucky. I said, thank you, thank you for bringing them. And they were all selling. The macadamia uh-huh. guy sold nuts, sold nuts. The curio guy sold little trinkets and yeah. little goodies and all the rest of it. The pancake shop did well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Americans love their pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And then again, you know, then the panorama route. So off you go. I mean, you do the three run dovels, you do the perks like potholes. Those are all just stunning venues. And I mean, Blyde, Blyde River Canyon, third biggest canyon in the world. Beautiful views. And then late that afternoon, the run into Johannesburg International Airport. Yeah. And we overnight there because that's the most convenient. You're sitting right there. You're at the airport. 
the next day is a walk across the road and you can check in. Yeah, yeah. But then again, of course, we now arrive and it was late. It was late. We also had to do more COVID tests. We had to have another PCR test done oh, at Joburg International because now we're going into... <laughs> yeah. we, we're, hitting, we're hitting Zambia. We're hitting Zimbabwe, Zambia, Botswana yeah. over the next couple of days. So, have to have new valid PCR tests done. Yeah. So, all of us go. Luckily, I had my vaccination certificate. So, I thought, okay, I'm not going to spend another... This, this was an expensive one. This was a 1600 rand one. Yeah. I thought, okay, I, I've, I've, I've got across a couple of border by vaccination certificates, so SADC accepts vaccination certificates. Oh, okay. But, yeah, again, you know, 80 packs go in there, 1,600 or 1,700 rand per person. Very sorted yeah. out in a conference room, you know, super efficient, super professional, so okay, can't argue. Yeah. But you hit the airport, and now there's no porters. Oh, yeah. It's 8 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. There's not a single porter to be seen. Yeah. We eventually find one grumpy porter. Now, he's got uh, two coach loads of, I don't know, 100, 100 plus suitcases. Yeah. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, this is not going to work. This is just <laughs> not going to work. So, eventually, we had to get the hotel security staff to help and everybody else to help. Now, the single porter's all grumpy because he saw he's a couple of thousand rand now going. I said, yeah. buddy, there's no way that my clients are going to wait until 2 o'clock in the morning to get the last suitcase up yeah. that you're going to bring on your own and you're going to die. No. <laughs> you're just <laughs> no, not going to take all those suitcases no up all those levels yeah. to the hotel where we're staying. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, it's just normally you swamp by the porters. The porters are there. They know the groups are coming. They know the passengers are coming. There was just no one there at the moment. The guys have given up and gone home. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, so next day, off you go. Next day, we're checking in. We're flying up to Victoria Falls. Now, trying to explain the Vic Falls story to the international tourist is almost impossible. Because (laughs) it it gets complicated. There's four countries that all come together at that spot on the Zambezi. Oh, yes. Yeah. And you're dealing with clients. And I've had the question before. The day before, I had a lady, not this tour, but on other tours. Why do I need my passport? I said, well, madam, you're flying into Zambia. Well, she says, yeah, and so? And I go, well, it's a different country. It's like an international trip. You're going into somewhere yeah. else. But it's in Africa. <laughs> 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 yeah, Africa and, has got a lot of countries yeah, in it. <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of countries in Africa. <laughs> and and in, 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 in her head, she had it just like the United States, a federation-y kind of thing yeah. where you, you can just cross state. She equated border with state lines. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so the next day is across into international departures. And there's, there's always a couple of things that stress me. Border crossings stress me. I hate border crossings, especially with big groups of people, and I hate chasing airplanes. <laughs> chasing aeroplanes and chasing flights is, is one of my nightmares I've only once ever missed a flight with a big group But that's because they were Belgians and weren't listening And uh, <laughs> they got stuck at a lunch and refused to leave without having their pudding or something And I'm going, guys, we've got to go No, no, I demand my pudding I paid the prepaid lunch, I want my pudding I said, guys, we're going to be late And we were late And the, pie and the, the captain just said, no, sorry but that's another story. But uh, <laughs> international departures, and I don't know how they plan it. Eh? You've got to go and you, you check in. They, they make check-in counter, I don't know, number 12, whatever it is. So you, now you go all the way to the one side of international arrival, oh, international departures. Yeah. And you go and check in. <clears throat> then your boarding gate is the furthest gate possible from that counter on the other side of the airport. Oh, no, man. Now you've got to trek all <laughs> the way across. Like, okay. now you get to the boarding guys, yeah. or you get to check-in. So now you get your, you go, you go through, you've done the check-in, you now go to the passport control. So now you hit passport control. And again, it's, it's deserted. It's so sad to see. It's, it is absolutely yeah. deserted. We get through there. No, but now your boarding gate is boarding gate 810 or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> so now you start following signs. Oh, <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, yeah. And I think it was a kilometre and a half walk <laughs> to get now to, to your departure gate. Oh, my soul. And you go past all the tax-free shops and stuff. Also, lots of them are still shuttered. Lots of them are still closed. Yeah. The ones that were open, if I saw 10 clients in there in total, 
Yeah. It was a lot. And this is the middle of the day. We had an, I think we were I think we flew at 11 o'clock or something. So we're now talking 9 o'clock in the morning or half past 9 that we're now walking through yeah, yeah. the international concourse. Yes, that's sad, eh? And it's a trick. You're not allowed trolley, so all your hand luggage is on you. So you're schlepping your, your, your hand luggage and your camera bag with you and your computer bag and all of the stuff. There's no trolleys. There's no yeah. trolleys allowed. And it's a, I don't know, like I said, it's probably a 15 or 20 minute walk to get to the other ticket out to the stupid <laughs> <Yeah>. departure gate. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Get to the departure gate. And uh, lacquer, off we go. That's all, all sorted. And you get onto the bus, and the bus takes you all the way back to the other side where you just come from. Because <laughs> 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 now the airline is now on the relegator because it's not serving in airways, it's relegated to the far end of the apron. How? How? <laughs> anyway. I don't know. So, they think. But anyway, check in, get on the flight. Oh, it's always a nice flight to get into, into Vic Falls. And the best part is, as as the plane, as the I mean, the plane, you can feel the plane starting to descend. And I mean, I've take, I've flown a private, a small plane into Vic Falls before, many many moons ago. I had a private license and one or two did one or two oh. trips to Vic Falls. Yeah. And you see the spray of that waterfall from a hundred miles out. Sure. 100, 100, 100 miles, hundred sixty odd kilometers out, you can see that waterfall spray. So I'm showing the folks out sure. the window, and they're all looking. The anyway, land landed Vic Falls. Now. Like I said, Vic Falls is very confusing because the Vic Falls Airport is in Zimbabwe next to the town of Victoria Falls. <laughs> but it's all in the Victoria Falls area. Yeah. You've got the, the town of Livingston across the border in Zambia, which is also part of the Victoria <laughs> Falls, but it's in Zambia. Yeah. But anyway, we land <laughs> and Zimbabwe, I don't know, Zimbabwe always just gets me. Sadek, no problem. Walk in, passport, I got a super grumpy guy on, on customs. I don't know what this guy's problem was. Not a good morning, not a hello, not a welcome. Yeah. Passport, what, who are you, want this, stamp, go. Yeah. Oh and you're going, okay, you buddy, I'm know. arriving as part of this whole group here. You don't, you know, at least give me a good morning or a smile. Yeah. The first American client hits now the intern, the other, the other, um, Customs guy. They've got one for no, no, non visa, the other one for visas. Yeah. Now, Africa loves visas. Visas is a quick cash thing. It's a quick, let's make 20, 30, $50, $100 per person out of everybody that arrives. Yeah. And previously, it was, it was a mission because you'd arrive in Zimbabwe, you needed a visa. Zambia needed a visa. All yeah. these guys needed visas. And every time you go for a visa, it's $10, $20, you know. And yeah. You used to be able to buy a multi entry visa. Oh, okay. Which is kind of useful, but the border officials never liked doing that because a multi-entry didn't generate as much cash as two singles or three single-entry visas. Yes. So they never uh, let you do that. There is now a new visa that you can buy that all the countries up there in that little corner have, have cooperated on. So you, you buy this one visa and you can go across the border as many times as you like. Yes. Make it easy, yeah. guys. Come, make it easy. Bring the tourists in and stop irritating them with paperwork and visas yeah. and dollars and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it is in the people's literature that they get before the tour. I've been on the coaches and I've explained this visa thing through to them two, three, four times, whatever it is. I said, guys, always ask for the multiple entry visa. Yeah, always. And it used to be called a multiple entry visa. I found out later it's now called a Casa, a Casa visa. Oh but the soul. first two, three people <laughs> arrive. Yeah. Do you think the border guy in Zimbabwe lets them know there's this Kaza visa available? No, nah. not, no, 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 no. You need a visa. Fantastic. The guy's yeah. going there. He's off a flight. You know, yes, I need a visa. Thank you. Guy sells them a single entry visa, I think, for $20. Eesh. Next guy, $20. Next guy, $20. First guy then eventually now hears something and he comes screaming up to us and he's, he is super pissed. Yeah. I bought this visa. I said, yeah, well, you need a visa. Yeah, but you didn't tell us a mul- Why didn't he give me a multiple entry visa? I said, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the border guy. I'm not the customs official. Yeah. We told you. We told you multiple times to ask for a multiple entry visa. And this guy went pop. Yeah. And, and the border guy does... I'm, I'm convinced he does that on purpose. Because now the guy yeah. spent $20. Now he's going to spend another $30 on the multiple entry visa. So he's scored 20 yes. bucks for the country... For no good reason. Yeah. And every single time I get to Zimbabwe, I have that same problem problem with these guys. Uh, yes. Years ago, years ago, I did an overland. 
I, um, I did an overland. I, I started in South Africa, meandered up through Kruger into Mozambique, right up into Malawi. We dropped the clients in Malawi, and then myself and my buddy and I deciding which road to take home. Yeah. So we decide, are we going to go through Mozambique and out, or are we going to cut across Zimbabwe? If we cut across Zim, yeah. it's going to save us like eight or 900 kilometers worth of driving. Yeah. So we just decided we're going to go across Zim. Oh, my word. One of the worst decisions I made in my life. <laughs> Hit the border post. The cop, the cop, the one cop there, seriously, he looks at me, and he says to me, I can kill you if I want. And I look at him oh, and go, really? What? Really? No, you will take this guy to Harare. I said, why? Because I'm telling you, he's a policeman. You need to give him a lift. Okay. The guy climbs in my car. Turns out they were running a little bus bus service that the client that the, this, this little guy would pay the cop twenty dollars or something, and he yeah. literally put them into a car and just forced the guys to take him for free. Yeah. And he's pocketing all the money at the border post. Yes. No, it, it was frightening. And anyway, so and I, and I think later between between Harare and Bite Bridge, I think myself and my buddy hit fourteen roadblocks. Jeez, That's a seven or eight hundred kilometers, fourteen roadblocks every time. Open your toothpaste, check the toothpaste. Why are you driving? Where's your money? How much money you got? Why are you? I said, what, you know, why have you got so much Zimbabwe money? I said I don't because every time I pay with dollars, you give me Zimbabwe money back, which is bearer bonds of a, a, a trillion yeah. Zimbabwe dollars that I can do nothing with. No, but you're not allowed to have this amount of money. You got to spend your money. So well, what do I spend it on? I can't buy anything. Yeah, there's nothing to buy. Yeah, I know, but Robert Mugabe says that you guys are causing inflation by hoarding Zimbabwe money. Yeah, right. No, you know, know Zimbabwe always gives a bad taste in my mouth, and it's just that corruption is still everywhere. But anyway, so now, get out, the operator's standing there, nice buses, brand new buses are all there, the airport (laughs) is brand new, they built a brand new airport at Victoria Falls. It's a very nice airport. Buses are there, now we go and we drive through to the little town of Victoria Falls. And it seems to have still survived as well. Um, a lot of the, the curio shops were still open. All the little marketplaces were open. So it looks like Vic Four survived yeah. the whole lockdown thing. Anyway, okay. we get well, to the... that's cool. At yeah. Least. <laughs> no, and, I mean, we get, we get to the water post, get out the bus, and now this is where this, we hit Africa head on <laughs> because of COVID. Yeah. The, the drivers tell us, no, 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 we now have to swap buses. Okay. <laughs> no, the Zimbabwe buses are not allowed to cross into Zambia. And I go, well, the hotel's like two kilometers, three kilometers, not even two kilometers up the road. Yeah, no, we've got to swap buses. Okay, swap buses. Oh, my so we son. now go get out the bus. Oh. Everybody goes into, into passport control. And we now leave Zimbabwe. Now we get out, out, out of the, the building, and now we've got to swap all the luggage. So now you get back in the bus, grab your ham luggage, go put yourself into another, into another bus. Yeah. All the suitcases are moved from one bus across to the other bus. Wave goodbye to set of drivers number one, <coughs> set of drivers number two. Again, nice buses, all new, all sorted out, all yeah. lacquer, but now we're sitting in a new bus. Okay. <laughs> now we leave the border post to go across the bridge. That's always lacquer. In the spray and the windscreen wipers are going because of the spray of the big falls. This time of year, the falls are pumping. Yeah, absolutely yeah. flooding, pumping. It is. It is beautiful. So that's what Vic Falls is one of those iconic spots you've got to visit once. Put up with the nonsense and go and visit Vic Falls at once in your life. You really do. You have to. <laughs> anyway, we get to the Zambian side of the border now. Everybody out the bus. Everybody into the border post. And again, the officials also, look at this. How many people? 80 passengers. Oh, my goodness. Haven't seen this for God. Okay, like it. Let's go. Stamp, 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 stamp. But it took us, uh, took us an inordinate amount of time to get across that border post. Then the guys come to us and go, you're swapping buses again. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. You're swapping yes. buses again. Okay, swapping buses again. Okay, hey, guys, we're getting another bus. Why another bus? No, I don't know. Just do it. Let's swap another bus. Yeah. But this time we could leave the luggage on the Zambian buses. The luggage went to the hotel and we went up to the operator up there to organize all the different activities. Yeah. And Vic Falls, I've always got two favorites in Vic Falls. I would say, guys, you've got to get in the sky over Vic Falls somehow. I don't yeah. care what you do. Get into a microlight, get into a helicopter. They used to have an old tiger moth that, would, that, that could fly up over the falls. Oh, yeah. You've got to get into the sky to see Vic, Vic Falls from, from above to get the scale yeah. of this place. And number two, 
You got to do the late afternoon sunset cruise. Ah, that's just magic. You get onto these ah, onto this awesome. boat, little marimba bands playing. The sun setting is absolutely stunning. So those are the two you want to do. The folks took all sorts of stuff. They took they they took the microlights. They took the helicopters. They took the sunset cruise. We had people zip lining. We had people doing all sorts of all sorts of activities. Anyway, so oh, we go nice. and sort the, yeah. sort out all of that stuff. Get into the hotel, <clears throat> and the hotel's fantastic. It's the hotel right at the falls. You can literally walk. You can walk to the waterfall and back again through the back gate. You get free entrance yeah. into the Zambian side, and the hotel's lovely. I love that hotel. Um, and you sit outside at night, and they get the dancers in, and the dancers dancers are coming. And the the Zambian and Zimbabwean culture is very different to the South African culture. Yeah. And they got the guys in big costumes with big scary masks and stuff on, and big headdresses, and something that you yeah. don't see in South Africa. That's something that sort of only happens much further north. Yeah. And the clients are lapping it up. There's zebras on the lawn. There's giraffes. I mean, I open, open up my curtains one morning. There's giraffes staring at me over my balcony <laughs> eating the tree. Monkeys, of course, are always a problem. The monkeys always get into the bedrooms. And yeah. the monkeys patrol the balcony. So you've got to keep your doors and stuff closed there. Yeah. But absolutely magnificent. Anyway, next day we go off to the Chobe National Park. They've got a combo, a combination trip where they, it's called the Chobe Day. Now Chobe's in Botswana. So, guess what happened? So, we get into buses the next morning, and we got this trek down to the border post of um, Kasani. It's about an hour drive. You go up into Livingston Town. You swing off, and you go off down through the Mozi Artunya National Park. Yeah. And then you get to Kasani. Now, very impressive. There's a brand-new bridge that's just been completed. Oh, not, not Kasani. Kazangula. Sorry, Kazangula. Ah, Kasani's okay. also in that mix, in that little corner there somewhere. The new Kazangula Bridge. Now, that used to be two really rusty, rickety old ferries. Ah, and okay. that was an adventure in its own. And it's always quite fun, you know, <laughs> getting to this ferry and you're going across the Zambezi. And the Zambezi's, what, I think it's the seventh biggest river in the world or something. Yeah. And this time of year, the last numbers I heard, 18 million liters of water per second yep. go over the Vic Falls. Sure. Yeah, that's, imp- that's, that's impressive. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that, that's unbelievable. That's huge. And... Get over the over that bridge, brand new border post, brand new bridge, way bridges, all sorts of stuff. But again, we get up to checkpoint number one. Everybody out the bus. Okay, everyone out the bus, walk through the foot and mouth control. Okay. Uh, everybody then has to put their feet into like a disinfectant bath. Okay. So now you get get out the bus, everybody goes stampy, stampy, stampy through the, the disinfectant back in the bus. <laughs> Drive two hundred meters, now we got a health control. Right, okay, everybody out health control. Now we got a health control. <laughs> Everybody shows PCR test that or the whole thing over there, all good. Then we get to border control, <laughs> and at least they've combined Zambia and Botswana together. It's in one building. It's in one hall. Oh, okay, which makes a big difference. Yeah, that. So now you go and you you get your little piece of paper now that you've been through health control. So you now leave Zambia, bang bang, stamp stamp, off to Botswana, stamp stamp, right for the day into Botswana. But you've got to fill in the form, the little piece of paper, little immigration forms, you yeah. know, passport numbers and home addresses and uh, the whole chadunt. Anyway, we get out and um, <laughs> then we <laughs> get back into bus and off we go to the Chobi, off we go to the the lodge where they operate this thing from. And it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a very pleasant day. It's a very nice day. You got half the day yeah. is on a boat cruise on the Chobe River. And then the other half day you're in, in open vehicles actually in the Chobe National Park. Yeah. Okay. I, I happen to be with a group that did the morning trip on the, on the river. And it's a great little trip. It's a nice little putter, putter, putter on the Chobe River. Chobe River is a massive river as well that feeds into the Zambezi. And lovely big reed beds, and there's nice sightings of buffalo. You've got beautiful sightings of hippos. Lots of birds yeah. are flying around. Elephant are up on, the, up on the shore. And it's just a boat cruise is always just lacquer. It's always peaceful and yeah. lots of bird watching. And it's just a very, very pleasant trip. Yeah. Get back to lunch. Lodge put on a really nice lunch You're on this little veranda overlooking the river. And, of course... People, a couple of people got raided by the monkeys and puddings <laughs> disappeared and Malva puddings disappeared and I don't know what else disappeared off their plates of the crackers and cheese and <laughs> disappeared off their plates when they weren't watching. <laughs> then we swap over and now it's our turn in the open jeeps and the jeep people get onto the boats for the afternoon. Yeah. And Chobi, I know Chobi, Chobi's got problems. Um, again, it's a controversial subject about the elephants, the whole Chobi, Muremi, Huange. Ecosystem up in that crosses four countries, five, you know, yeah. and the, everybody's involved. The 
elephant culling is obviously a controversial issue. Yeah. And uh, we don't have to get into fist fights about the do's and don'ts and ethics of elephant culling. Yeah. But the guides were telling us now that the elephant population in the Chobe system is well over, I think they mentioned 120,000 elephants. Whoa. That okay. now circulate between Chobe, Muremi, Hwange, up that side. That's a lot. That's, a, that's an awful lot of elephants. And the last study I saw, and I'd, if anybody's got anything else, I'd love to hear about it, puts the carrying capacity at about 10, maybe 12,000 elephants. Sure. For that area So you got The elephants is gonna <laughs> They've hammered it They have absolutely hammer that Hammered area. that area Yeah When you're going down the river From the lodge You've got a Like it's, it's, the lodge is all on private land And then you hit the border Of the Chobe National Park Yeah The vegetation changes Yeah All the rivering trees are gone Those rivering forests are gone And you've yeah. got like a monoculture growth In Chobe Yeah And it's one type of tree That the elephants do not eat because it gives them indigestion and gives them diarrhea. It's a thing called croton, croton megalobotrys. Okay. And that's the only tree along the river in, in Chobe. <laughs> so, you know, you're supposed to have these riverine forests, big, big, um, beautiful jackalberries and ebonies yeah. and figs and uh, all these kind of trees are supposed to, and they're gone. Yeah. So your diversity is gone. You, I, we didn't, the only things we saw, we saw elephant, we saw buffalo, we saw hippo. We saw Kuru and we saw Impala. Okay. And the other stuff is gone because there's no food for them. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the elephants are. The elephants have flattened it. Yeah. So I don't know how Chobi's going to handle this or how that entire ecosystem's got to handle it, but somewhere along the line, those parks. They're going to have to They're going to have to do it. Beautiful game viewing. Like, make no mistake, the clients came back at a wonderful day. We had beautiful lion sightings in Chobi, lions right at the car. Right next to the car, lovely pride line, a couple of females with a, with, a, with a gaggle of little cubs and stuff. Yeah. You know, elephants right up close, elephants up close, the hippos and stuff. It's spectacular game viewing. And it's something different being on a boat and looking at the animals and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's possible that you didn't go deep. You look, you got a couple of hours in, in Chobe. You haven't exactly got hours and hours and hours to do stuff. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. For me, from a biologist's point of view, I look at that and I cringe. From a yeah. tourist point of view, it's fantastic. It's close up. It's good game viewing. It's a nice day. It's an exciting day. Yeah. But looking deeper into it, you actually look at that park, and you and I wonder, as a biologist, I wonder yeah. how long that park's got to go before that ecosystem actually implodes. Yeah. And it's going to be difficult. Four countries have to come together and decide to to get rid of some elephants, and there's going to be a huge international outcry and all the. Anti-hunter guys and all these guys are going to go stupid about elephants being endangered and, 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 and. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the rest of Africa they're endangered. In the Chobi, Chobi Marimi system they are not. Promise you. <laughs> there's, 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 there's kind of too many elephants there. Or they must try and relocate some of them. Well, yeah. Relocating a six-ton elephant is a whole different story. Uh, yeah. That's the other problem. <laughs> That's not quite as easy as that. <laughs> yeah. But again, so that afternoon now you, you make your way back. And guess what? You redo all the border stuff again. Uh, so now you get back to the Botswana side and you've got to fill in the forms. You go to the Botswana side, health check, sorry, health check first. Then Botswana, from Botswana across to Zambia, from Zambia back into the vehicles. And um, <laughs> back, back, to, back to Vic Falls. And uh, look, at the end of the day, the folks had a really, really lovely day. Yeah. So the whole group did the Chobe, the Chobe day. And I didn't hear a single negative comment from the from the clients. Yeah. Okay. So well, it's a nice day. It's a cool yeah, day. That's good. <laughs> that's next good day, day. Next day, everybody bombshells and does their own thing. And uh, I decided to do the helicopter flight. I love those helicopter flights over the falls. Yeah. And you got two options. You got a fifteen minute and a thirty minute. I try and convince the folks to do the thirty minute. It's more expensive, obviously, than the fifteen minute. But the fifteen yeah. minute. So it seems to be take off, go to the falls, do one or two circuits, and plump you back back at the at the helipad. Yeah. Whereas the half an hour one actually takes you down the gorge, oh. and that is that is just a it's, it's almost like playing a computer game. Where <laughs> I mean, and we had a fantastic pilot there. We had a really great guy comment commentary all the way through stats and things about the river and about the gorge. Oh, nice. And what you don't realize is we're now at high water so like the, the whitewater rafting is not happening because now it's just a hell of a strong flow and all the rapids are actually underwater yeah and 
an interesting one that he told us was that right now the river wasn't quite at complete total flood level. You could see there was a little bit of space still between the tree line and where the water was. Yeah. But in the dry season, the water drops in that gorge by like 9 or 10 meters. Wow. You can work it out. I mean, you've got one point, I think you've got 1.7 kilometers worth of waterfall, which is Vic Falls. Uh, Yeah. 18 million liters of water per second are falling over this waterfall. Yeah. And now it goes into gorges 10 meters wide. Yeah. That gorge sometimes is 80 or 90 meters deep of water. Yeah. So it falls like three, four stories. Uh, No, one story is three Three meters. Three meters, yeah. Okay, so like three stories. Yeah. Basically. No, 30 stories. Oh. No, it's a 30 story building. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When it goes down, it falls like three, four stories at least. No, sure. yeah. Okay, wow, that's, that's a lot. You're talking mega, mega water and mega water power. But anyway, so yeah. you fly out, and you fly out over a couple of little villages, then you sink down into the gorge, and you're flying through the gorge. The walls of the gorge are on both sides, and the, and the, and the pilot's sort of gently meandering down, down yeah. this route, and it is, it is beyond spectacular. Yeah, I can I've imagine. actually got a – I'm just going to do a quick bump. I've got a, I've got a video of it up on um, – on, on my Facebook pages, if you want to go and have a look at it, I filmed, I filmed almost that whole that whole flight, yeah, and it's, wow. it's spectacular. Then you sort of spend spend ten minutes or so going down the gorge, it comes out of the gorge, then you're heading back to the falls, and again from a distance you you appreciate how spectacular this thing is. Yeah. Then he does a couple of orbits around around the falls. You know, he does a left bank and he does a right bank. He does like a couple of figure of eight. So both sides of the, yeah. the top of the people everywhere get get views of the of the falls. Okay, and then he flies That's up nice. the river a little bit, because obviously the Zambezi, as it comes to the falls, widens out almost into like a little, not quite a floodplain, but it just sort of broadens out before it hits the actual waterfall. Yeah, and you fly up the river for a little bit, and there's always a chance where you can see some elephant and buffalo in the river there, and that was just an absolutely spectacular, spectacular day or happening. I mean, it was a yeah. whole half an hour, but absolutely spectacular to do that. Pilot chopper pilot comes back. He lands. Bang! You go. You go back to the hotel again. That day, that that afternoon, I decided it was my turn now to go and play photographer at the waterfalls. Oh, okay. So I put my t-shirt on. I put my shorts on. In fact, I put my swimming costume on and I put my fellies on. And I put my camera in in the laundry bag. I grabbed the laundry bag out of the cupboard and wrapped all my stuff in the laundry bag. Yeah. And you walk through those falls. Eventually, I didn't even bother taking photos because you can't. Yeah, you, the water spray. You're in a tropical rainforest. Water. Yeah. It's 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 like being in a in a hailstorm in, in a thunderstorm. Yeah. And every once in a while, you stand at the viewpoints, and you just got to stand there in this rainstorm, and the the wind swirls and the eddies, and the if the mist yeah. opens up, and suddenly you get this beautiful, beautiful view of the falls for like ten, fifteen, twenty seconds, and it all closes up again. Yeah. And it was just absolutely magnificent. Absolutely, absolutely magnificent. You stand on the on on the rocks. The rocks are actually trembling from the force of water on yeah, the other I side of the waterfall. Imagine, it yeah. is it is absolutely stunning. The force of that water. Yeah, I know. So get get back to back to the entrance of the of the falls and um, bumped into a couple of clients and he said they actually had to laugh because there's a little cafe there. There's a very nice little market there. Okay. Walking sticks and trinkets and wood carvings and stuff and all the rest of it. Yeah. And um, there's a little cafe there and you walk into it. It's like being in a prison. They've actually put burglar bars up to keep the baboons out <laughs> so that you can actually <laughs> sit and have a beer or a sandwich without being raided by the baboons. Yeah. And uh, that afternoon we did the afternoon river cruise. Again, Big triple story, like paddle boat kind of thing. Yeah. Decks open, marimba band is oh, playing. Nice. Um, beautiful views everywhere. It's just glass everywhere. That, and you cruise up the river, and we saw elephants elephant on one of the islands trying to get across back to the main bank. I've got beautiful photographs of like the silhouette of an elephant in the water now coming back. Magnificent orange sunsets. Just, just unbelievable. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. Just a beautiful time. <laughs> So next morning now is of course now time to get back and um, get back to South Africa, stroke international flight, and the group is now yeah. dispersing. So guess what? Into bus. <laughs> <laughs> get to Zambia border. Yeah. Fantastic Zambia border. <laughs> Takes us across. Swap bus. Swap bus. 
luggage, all the hand luggage, all the swap bus for the Zimbabwe side of the border. Great. Get through the Zimbabwe side of the border. And uh, now we've got the 20 kilometers through to Victoria Falls Airport. Yeah. Again, no issues, no dramas. Get to the airport. Beautiful new airport. There's what, uh, 20, 20 or 30 check-in counters. And I, and I saw this coming. So we arranged an extra early arrive at airport because two hours well, is just not enough for this lot. Eh? Yeah. Anyway, we get to airport. Airport is deserted. People go there. I said, no, flight data for back to our damage. Oh, okay, let me go find some people. To their credit, yeah. within seven to ten minutes, three or four people and I at the check-in counters. All state-of-the-art stuff, brand-new computers, brand-new conveyor belts, yeah. brand-new counters, brand-new everything. Okay. Okay, now our flight had been delayed. For whatever reason, the flight yeah. from Zim to South Africa, from Livingston to South Africa, had been delayed by like an hour and a half. Oh. Now, this had already caused a couple of issues. So some people yeah. had to depart the day before already. Because they would not make their connecting flights, so they left oh, the day before, spent yeah. the night, and then they then they went home. But they didn't want, they didn't want to, obviously. But that was just their call. Yeah. So I go to these these check in guys, and I said, "Listen, guys, we're landing in Joburg, and literally maybe an hour max. These guys are on a Delta flight back to the US. Yeah. We don't. You have to check the luggage through. No, we can't check the luggage through. I said, you have to check the luggage through." No, we, I said, you have to check the luggage through. Because if they've got to go and collect luggage, yeah. then go through passport control again to go through passport control again to check in again, they're going to miss their flight to the U.S. Yeah. Because when you arrive in Joburg International, you can go up transit. So you go up transit and you go straight into the departure lounge again. Yeah. So, so you bypass all the border stuff. Yes. Anyway, eventually some guy figures out now how to do this. And I honestly think, again, it's like the hotels where the barman hadn't been there before. It's all new staff. I don't think they've ever done this before. Yeah. Eventually some guy finds um, Salt Lake City on the system. Fantastic. Okay, so we can do Salt Lake City. Right, guys, okay, tell the whole group. Okay, guys, we sorted it. Salt Lake City. Be patient. They're learning how to do it. One guy now got to teach all four other guys how yeah. to check into Salt Lake City. <laughs> all the Salt Lake City guys come forward, come first. Okay, so we get the, the Salt Lake City guys done first. Took a long time. One or two guys just never got it. They did handwritten tickets on the luggage. So I'm hoping <laughs> yeah. that luggage actually arrived. I haven't heard anything, but I'm hoping all the luggage arrived. Yeah. Then some guys needed to get off at... Um, had to go through to Dallas International. Other guys had to go through to Los Angeles. And that just became a nightmare. Oh, Atlanta. Wow. They found Atlanta. And she said, guys, okay, let's just check it into Atlanta. When you get to Atlanta, then then you can disperse. Okay. Yeah. No problem. <clears throat> and now we come to the story that makes me hate Zimbabwe even more. <laughs> While I'm sitting there, my luggage has been checked through. I'm to Joburg. I'm waiting and making sure everyone's got all their stuff. I'm talking to the, the, the check-in guys. Here comes a very official-looking guy. I said, are you the tour guide? I said, I'm the tour guide. Come with me. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, we've got a problem. Okay. And there in the back now are standing two of my clients. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> They've been called and found. The lady's in tears. The other guy's standing on the side of the wall looking at this, going, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. I go, what's the problem? So what, lady, there's a lady sitting there and this guy. They're now x-raying the suitcases. Oh, yeah. No, this guy has got animal products. <clears throat> yeah, so? He's got no CITES certificate. Now, CITES is the international trade in wildlife for protected species. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I go, well, what has he got? No, he's got products. Well, I open up the suitcase and let's have a look. Rips open this guy's suitcase. They've got to unwrap it and undo all sorts of stuff. The lady's panicking. He's upset. Out comes a set of impala horns. Out uh, comes, I think, it, I think he had a hippo tusk that had been carved. And a couple of little, little trinkets, like a little bottle opener with a, with a little horn on it or something. And, you know, just yeah. small little wooden carvings and, you know, you like a little shield thingy. Yeah. No. We're going to arrest him for illegal trading in wildlife. And I go, China, oh, the sorry. guy's come out of Zambia. He's come off a two-week holiday. He's going back to America. You haven't broken open some huge multinational smuggling ring, for God's yeah. sake. 
it's not it's not endangered species. It's hippo. It's warthog. It's this. It's this. Yeah, but there's no certificates. Said he doesn't need a certificate. Yeah. He's got receipts. Where's the receipts? And the lady been trying to show him receipts. They refuse to look at the receipts. I said, yeah. find the receipts. There's no, but it doesn't specify on here. I said that's a shop thing. There, so the, you can see the the, the 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 shop name. Something something curios bottle opener with a horn or whatever it is on there. Yeah, that's what this guy is, man. Come on, get real. <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna call fish and wildlife, and this we're gonna arrest ah, him. And idiot. And I'm looking at him saying, guys, this is the first decent-sized group that has done anything. And here you are with your little official uniform, with your new toy, and you've now bust someone. And it was yeah. nonsense. He didn't bust him. He didn't need harm. He had the receipts. He bought it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We have a huge problem here with poaching. And I said, well, that's not this guy's problem. Yeah, because he didn't poach it. It's a dried. It's an impala horn mounted on a piece of wood. For goodness' sake, he wants to shove it up in his bar in Texas. Yeah, and eventually, when very begrudgingly, the boss, the boss lady came across, said, "Yeah, but next time." I said, "But next time, I don't think there's going to be a next time." But I mean, for goodness' sake, you're going to arrest this guy for the possession of an impala horn? Yeah, and that's, what? That's ridiculous. And Sam, the lady was in tears. And warthog. Yeah, for <laughs> warthog and impala. And it just makes me hate Zimbabwe more. Yeah. That you look at this and, you, and they don't have the intelligence or the foresight yeah. to actually oh, just go, this is not exactly... The they they, yeah, the so whether the, whether the guy was aiming for a bribe or something yeah. or was expecting something, I don't know. <clears throat> but eventually I just, I just shook my head and said, come on, <laughs> guys, stop stop this rubbish. Just, just get over it. Yeah. And she said, okay, no, we'll let you go this time. And I'm all fantastic, let's go. And this poor guy... He collected walking sticks. This guy, I think he walked out of the, out of our trip with like 14 walking sticks. And I built yeah. him up to such a thing about Vic Falls where he could buy the Nyami Nyami walking stick. Now, Nyami yeah. Nyami is the legendary serpent, the protector god of the Zambezi and yeah. Kariba. And, and up in Vic Falls, you can buy the most magnificent walking sticks yeah. that have got the whole story of a Nyami Nyami carved out. It's got the, the head of the snake and it's got a little village scene and it's got... Bangles and all sorts of It's a beautiful piece of kit. Yeah, yeah. And you know, this guy's been building up Vic Falls into this whole ultimate walking stick thing. Yeah. Well, it is the ultimate walking stick. I don't think there's another walking stick in the planet that is quite as fancy <laughs> as a yummy, yummy walking stick. Yeah. And he's got one. He had the guys carve his name on it in, in Zambia at the market. He ordered it. He got it. He found it. You know, and now this guy goes and gets himself almost arrested in Zimbabwe yeah. for possession of, a, of an Impala horn. But anyway, I managed to talk them out of it. He came back, and I think he was only too glad, too glad to see the end of Zimbabwe. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we made the flight. The flight was delayed yeah. again. <laughs> so we were supposed to leave at, I don't know, 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock. Eventually, left like at 7 o'clock, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Landed in Johannesburg International. And I think they had about 40 minutes now to check into their Delta flight. I got a message from the tour leader saying they, they literally made it with like two or three minutes to spare with the last person checked in. Sure. But they all got onto their flight in Atlanta, <laughs> to Atlanta. And from Atlanta, they then obviously all dispersed. Yeah. But yeah, now overall, I mean, I see we're almost, almost out of time. But I mean, several, several confirmations from people that this was the first post-pandemic big coach tour or big group yeah. tour in South Africa. So I'll put that little um, accolade on my on my CV that I managed to <laughs> yeah. to get all my safari company did rather to get this organised. Lots yeah. of highlights, lots and lots of highlights. Um, I've had one or two messages from the office in in the US saying, "Wow, fantastic, well done, clients, super positive about it. Loved the tour, absolutely loved the tour. We had a couple of repeat clients on it. Two ladies that have been with me four years ago." Oh, okay. And they came well, back for the awesome. same amount of punishment on the on this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean that that's a hell of a compliment that people come. I mean, yeah. people tourists don't generally go back to the same country twice. Once you've been somewhere, you yeah. go, well, I've ticked that one. Let me go somewhere else for another holiday. But they liked the South African itinerary so much that they decided to come back again. Yeah. Well, that's. But awesome. all, all in all, I think I'm still very very positive about about all of it. I'm hoping that the orders double and triple and quadruple for next year. Yeah, on this one because you can prove that it is doable. It is all still functioning. A lot of yeah. times, I think you just got to keep a bit of a sense of humour about you. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and That's hopefully, true. hopefully next time flights go stay straight into Livingston. Again, we couldn't get into Livingston. The aeroplanes weren't big enough for the flights into Livingston in Zambia. We had to go to Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe. 
Okay. But I think if we can avoid, if you can avoid that, just avoid it. It's just yeah. It's one of those spots that just left a bad taste in my mouth again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but Vic Falls, even if you've got to go through Vic Falls and through Zim, you've got to visit it at some point. It is absolutely magnificent. It's one of the iconic top seven wonders of the world. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now that is awesome. Okay. Well, that is uh, all the time we have for now. And, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed uh, today's podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll do it again. Uh, next week, same time. Hang on. When's uh, next, next week? Next week, Wednesday, Wednesday is a public holiday, but uh, that doesn't stop the radio from playing on a public holiday. No, no, it doesn't. <coughs> so I'm cool with next week. Want to do next week again? I can do next week again with the greatest of pleasure. Okay, let's see what the uh, what uh, next week holds for us. And uh, yeah, let's go play some music. Cool. Thanks, guys. See you again next week. Or maybe not. Maybe 14 days' time. Let's see what happens. Okay, y'all. Let's see what Cheers, happens. Cheers. Have a good one.